This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are in business radio and we are powered by the Wharton School. Sirius XM channel 132. Hey, if it's Thursday noon Eastern, you can call us right now at 844-942-7866. That's 844-WHARTON. Hey, I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA program for executives in Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist, former corporate recruiter, and author of the new book, Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and See Success. Here along with Michelle and Dion, dream team And we've got a great show for you because it is open calls, which means it is all about you. So if you've always had a question that you've wanted to ask, today is the day to do it. 844-942-7866. So what's going on in current news? Well, according to Flex Jobs 2019 annual survey, 30% of workers have left a job because it did not offer flexible work options. 80% indicated they'd be more loyal to their employers if they had workplace flexibility. So if you're looking to retain some great performers in your organization, maybe consider some flexible work arrangements for the fall. Well, today, no matter what your goal, the first step is always the hardest. On today's show, learn simple strategies for taking that first step no matter what stage you're at in your career. Once you get that momentum, it's easier to stay motivated. So today we're going to get unstuck on career talk. And to help us with that, we welcome Ashley Stahl, who is a defense contractor turned entrepreneur, podcaster, speaker, and career coach. A fellow TEDx speaker and Forbes blogger, Ashley has been featured in several publications, including Time, The Wall Street Journal, and The Financial Times. In 2013, she founded her coaching firm, Ashley International. In 2015, she launched an online job hunting program called Job Offer Academy. And in 2017, Ashley launched Cake Publishing, a ghostwriting, copywriting, and social media management house. Her new book, U-Turn, comes out in 2020, and we're so excited to have her live on Career Talk. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me. So I have to ask, when do you sleep? When are you doing all these things? (laughs) You know, it's so funny. I really probably work less than a lot of people who are listening to this call. And um, I don't know how I've managed to do a lot of things and um, still probably work part time. But I would say that the most important thing that has happened for me is just batching my schedule. So certain days I'm on the phone, certain days I'm being creative, you know, just time management. Yeah, so you'll have to share those tips because we all want to be able to do more. So batching your time. So certain days you're just not going to answer email then. Yeah, certain days. Well, I answer email every day, but I have certain times that I answer my email. So that's all part of it. It's just I think a lot of people look at calendars or schedules and they think, you know, this is really limiting. And I found, though, that it's the opposite is true, that discipline is the key to freedom. Because, I mean, it's just like eating, you know, like if you don't eat well, your body eventually becomes a prison. If you do eat well, your body gives you so much that you get to do. And I think it's the same thing with business and your career. 
you know, if you have discipline and you create structure and you set yourself up for success, you end up having the freedom of experiencing life the way that you want to versus life running you. Yeah. So, hey, we weren't planning on talking about time management skills, but seeing that you've got yeah, you've you've got three businesses and you're you're in the process of finishing up your book, U Turn. You clearly Mm -hmm. have a handle on time management. So, hey, if you've got a question on time management, today apparently is the show to call eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. So, congratulations on on all of this success. Tell us about the book that's coming out, Ashley. Yeah, um, so the book is called U-Turn. I'm still playing with the subtitle, which is, you know, a typical writer three weeks out before my deadline that it's due. But um, it's all about how to figure out who you really are in your career and some key steps that you can take to reconnect to yourself. Because I've had so many people come to me over the years, and I'm sure you too, you have too, Don. and they'll come and they'll say, I need clarity. And what I found is the issue isn't clarity. More often than not, it's that they're not connected to themselves. And when you connect to yourself, it's really a lot easier to figure out your likes, your interests, uh, et cetera. You know? So to me, uh, my work is really about helping people connect back to themselves, come home to themselves, and really start to pay attention to what feels good for them. Uh, because a lot of people are disconnected from their body, from their instincts, from their heart. And so the book really has 12 chapters, 12 steps to bring people home to themselves. And it uses my story from waking up in the first chapter in counterterrorism at the Pentagon and realizing I had the wrong job for me, all the way down to really coming home to myself. I've never felt so inspired in my career as I do now. And I went through a lot to get to this place. And so I was making all of my own U-turns. And it's Y-O-U, which has inspired my podcast, the U-turn podcast, and all the work that I'm doing now, I think is really just about helping people come back to themselves. Yeah, 844-942-7866. If you've got a question on what's next, or maybe you found yourself similar to you, Ashley, in the wrong job, and you're thinking, I'm too deep in now to get out, or there's golden handcuffs, or maybe you have pressure from family or other people telling you to stay in, or you're worried about a recession, but you know you're not happy. On today's show, we're going to talk about how you can take that first step to freedom, 844-942-7866. If you've got a question or maybe you feel stuck and you want to get unstuck, give us a call on Career Talk Series XM Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Ashley Stahl, who is a career expert and podcaster, entrepreneur, speaker, career coach. We could go on, but I think your title, Ashley, would take the whole show. Um, the you've whole done, thing. yeah, you've done so many things. But I do want to talk about first steps because as a career coach, and I know you see this a lot as well, I think the first step is always the hardest. So I hear people talk about how they're unhappy or they're complaining about their boss or, you know, and this is just even in my personal life with with friends and family. And I always say, well, what are you going to do about it? And, you know, next holiday comes around and they're still talking about the same thing. And I recognize people are busy. They have families. They have bills to pay. And it's not mm-hmm. always easy even if you know you're unhappy, to take that first step. So I think in, a, in in this kind of situation, one of the first steps is figuring out should you stay or should you go? If you know you're unhappy in your job, my question is what types of things should you assess, Ash- Ashley, to know if it's time to leave or maybe if there's some things that you can fix to make it better? Mm, I would love your feedback on this too, Don. I My approach with this is that After all of these years doing career coaching, I found that the workforce really boils down to about nine core skill sets, and it's something that 
I've been writing in my book for the first time. And what I found is that anybody in the workforce right now has one skill set that they really lead with. And you kind of know what your core skill set is based on, you know, if you had the weirdest job ever, you would still turn it into that skill. Um, that's how you kind of know what your core skill set is, is your being. So in my case, and perhaps maybe even in your case, it's communication, it's words. Um, and so what I found is that the most sacred thing in somebody's career is, is that core skill set. And I, the biggest question to ask when it comes down to when to stay, when to go, is am I still honing this core skill set in the job I'm in? The skill set that you plan to carry with you throughout your career, is it still being sharpened and grown, or do you feel like you're on autopilot and on a carousel? Um, as soon as you feel like you've really exhausted all growth opportunity to work on that skill set in that role or in that building, then I think it's time to go. Hey, you struggling with whether you should stay or go in your current job? Well, fall's coming up. It's a great time to make a leap if you've been dreaming about that. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're listening to Career Talk, and we're here with Ashley Stahl, who is giving us great advice on how to make a U-turn if we need to make that Y-O-U-turn. Um, so, Ashley, what if you feel like you can't make a change? So you know what you're doing is not mm -hmm. what you want to be doing, but you feel like you're locked in because of, you know, maybe you can't move out of the geography for a certain reason, or maybe you need the healthcare benefits that your company has, or maybe there's a bonus that's coming up that you feel like it would be silly to leave. Like, you know, how do you kind of reconcile those things? Yeah, I love what you're saying because I think a lot of people use this as a reason to not move forward. And the truth of the matter is that there are millions of jobs open at any given time, no matter where you are, there's an opening within reach of you. And so anyone who comes to me and says, I feel stuck, I, there's nothing I can do, or they're paying me too much, I can't leave, or, you know, I have a child with my ex-husband and we, we can't leave this geography. Those are very real circumstances. But I also, what I found is true is that there's always opportunities. And whenever you feel stuck, really what you're doing is facing an issue of not having created options for yourself. Um, I just was at a seminar or um, speaking at in Las Vegas for MGM's annual event on women's empowerment. And a woman in the audience stood up and she said, I never get paid what I'm worth and I don't know what to do. And I remember it kind of reminded me of this question because I said to her, well, first of all, you're worth more than a number. You know, we all know that that phrase kind of is limiting. But beyond that, it's like, the issue that she was facing wasn't really just not getting paid what she's worth. And anybody listening, your issue is not just your geography or the health insurance. Your issue is that you're not willing to step up and create options for yourself. And to me, creating options for yourself is such an act of self-love and self-respect and um, commitment to the career that you want to have. Um, and so no matter where you are, no matter what your circumstance, I still think that it's an abundant world. There's a lot of options. And um, job hunting in a way where maybe you're not in a rush, but you want to start networking, start having those conversations that can bring options to your table, I think is a really powerful move because you really never know what you'll get. There have been plenty of people who are waiting for a big bonus, and their new company will give them that as a signing bonus to come on. There's so many different ways to win in that regard. And I imagine that's pretty difficult advice for people to hear because essentially yeah. what you're saying is you're standing in your own way. And, mm -hmm. you know, that could be a little jarring when you hear that for the first time, that, that it's fear that's getting in your way or, you know, maybe you're just not um, – willing to do the work or you're taking a very external locus of control and willing to blame all of these other things but not 
turn inward and look at what your actions are. So I think that that people can be really resistant to that type of feedback, Ashley. So how how do you get people to digest that and say, wow, yeah, that might be it? Yeah, I think, you know, the first thing is, even if I've coached an entrepreneur, it's asking them at any moment, we'll start to doubt, is the world really going to receive what we have? And I'll say, okay, how many people are in the world? Eight billion, you know? Okay, how many, let's say your ideal client is women. How many uh, are there? Four billion. Okay, how many of them are dealing with this issue? This many million. Okay, so that's how many million are potentially a a client for you. It's really the same thing with job hunting. There's X amount of companies and there's Y amount of opportunities. And so I think math doesn't really lie. And so that's just the factual side of things. Emotionally, I think it's really asking yourself, what is the payoff of staying where you are? Because from a mindset standpoint, most people choose to stay where they are because they're buying into some sort of belief system that there's a payoff even in the suffering, even in the limitation that's holding them back. Um, For example, if um, let's say I looked in the mirror every morning and I said something unkind to myself, like you're ugly or something that was just totally off center, um, that voice that's talking to me is also motivating me perhaps to go take care of myself, to go get a new makeup, whatever. Um, and so I think that any negative chatter that we all have has its payoff, has its motivational element. And so I would ask the person listening, what is the payoff of you believing that you're stuck where you are? Is it comfort? Is it um, getting to stay with your friend at work every day, your colleagues that you really like? Like, what is the payoff of believing that you're really stuck? Mm-hmm. 844-942-7866. If it's Thursday noon Eastern, you're listening to Career Talk. We are live, taking your calls right now. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We're talking about how to get unstuck and should you stay and should you go and how do you make that difficult first step? And we're going to go right to the phones with Jennifer in Vermont. Jennifer, welcome to the show. It's on your mind today. Hi, good uh, afternoon. I am calling because I am a stay-at-home mom for the past 20 years. Um, and I was a an attorney for 18 months, um, then had four children, raised the four children, and last week just dropped off the fourth. And now I can't get back into the workforce. I'm, um, you know, granted I'm in Vermont, and so it's more urban, uh, rural, I should say, than urban. And I think, you know, I was just hearing what Ashley was saying regarding, um, uh, I'm just pulling off on the side of the road. I heard what Ashley was saying regarding, you know, it's making your own opportunities. But I have to be honest with you, it is very hard to make your own opportunities when you have been out of the workforce for 20 years and people look at your resume and they're like, oh, well, you have all this experience. And then... You're like, well, no, I really don't. And so you're looking kind of for a, a beginning job that you can gain experience, but nobody wants to give it to you because they're thinking, well, you're not going to stay here or I can't give you the salary you might want. And mm-hmm. um, the job that I was able to get in Vermont was $15 an hour as an attorney. As an attorney. Wow. They... As an attorney. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Okay, so you you you're licensed in the state of Vermont, so you have that. Um, you you've not worked for in the in law for twenty years, and you've been looking. Tell us how you've been looking. Tell us what your strategy has been to find these opportunities, Jennifer. 
I have just been looking at ads. I've been looking at Indeed. I've been looking at, um, there's like a law crossing one and um, Glassdoor. I've never, ever received a response from any resume I've sent in. I believe that. I believe that. And I'll tell you why, because you never will. Those, Yeah. Okay. Toss that strategy. Toss that strategy. Because I know Ashley and I have a few that will absolutely work for you. But I'm going to give Ashley the floor and and get started because I could spend the rest of the show on this. I'm so excited you called Jennifer. So excited. Yeah. This is so great. Well, first of all, yeah, I mean, just listening to you talk, you have such an easy voice and, and personality to connect with. And you know, as Dawn is probably going to say, 80% of jobs don't get posted online. So when you're applying for jobs online, you're reaching the bottom 20%. And I say the bottom 20% because those are what made it online after the HR manager probably asked different people in the office if they know anyone, sifted through resumes that she's already interviewed, like did a lot to not have to do that posting because hiring can be a really big pain. So I think the most important thing is to ask yourself one of two things. Number one, do you value freedom or do you value flexibility? Like, which one do you need more? And if it's freedom, then this is an incredible opportunity for you to offer your services as a freelancer in some way. Um, For example, there's websites like Upwork or Fiverr that you can post yourself, talk about tasks that you're willing to do, and put a price. So that's one pathway. If you value flexibility, meaning that you want to be in the workforce and you're just hoping to find the right culture for you, then I would say it comes down to having conversations because that's where the magic is. And, you know, obviously the worst time to look for a job to me when you need a job. And so I would say coming up with a list of different companies in your area, um, using LinkedIn as a tool, getting on the advanced search, looking at who is in charge on different teams that you would be interested in, and sending a cold email, just letting them know, hey, I'm in the area. I find what you're doing really inspiring. Would love to reconnect with you. I'm transitioning back into the workforce and um, would love any feedback from you. And what I found is that there's a conversion rate of people that will respond to you. And the beauty of this is that while it's vulnerable, while you're putting yourself out there, um, those people who respond are usually incredibly helpful and kind and warm souls that are willing to go out of their way and talk to you. And what I found is that inevitably life is a numbers game. So once you talk to enough people or put enough feelers out there, people are going to feel your personality. And it's so important for somebody like you to be so much more than that piece of paper you're submitting. Um, And I think that the right person will feel that understanding like you've been out of the workforce and they'll see the value of having you um, back on their team. So that's my first response. But Don, I would love to hear kind of where you are going with this too. Yeah. First off, I'm so glad you pulled over to the side of the road, Jennifer, because that makes me feel so much better. Thank you. Um, But yeah, I totally agree with everything Ashley has said. And I'm going to add a few more tips because I I really feel like if you shift your strategy just a little bit, this is all going to open up for you. So one, I will tell you, I've, I've spent years as a recruiter. And one of the first things we look for in every resume is a red flag. And your obvious red flag is that you've been out of the workforce for 20 years. So if you go in applying through these online jobs, yeah, you're going to get weeded out because we're always looking to eliminate, not select. And the brain works very differently when we're trying to do that. So so you're going to get eliminated as an easy out. And that's why networking is so important because it allows you to 
get around that bias that might be in the applicant tracking system or just in the the head of the hiring manager who's making a huge assumption based on this gap in your resume. So one, get rid of that. Two, I would say work on your LinkedIn profile with a, a career coach or somebody who, who does that so that they can present. Remember, it's just about your experience. It's not when you did it. It's about what you offer to the workplace. And so we get all tied down into when we work there, what firm it was, but I feel like you can create a really good profile around what you offer as an attorney and make that your profile. So so get away from the, you know, dates, years, all of that, and talk about the value you bring. And the last thing I'm going to say is think about gigs, contract work, temp work, because a lot of these jobs open the door to so many other things. And it's such an underutilized way to get back into the workforce. People are like, no, I want a full-time job. I want a long-term job. But this is how they start. And this is why so many jobs don't get advertised because you fill in for somebody temporarily while they're on maternity leave or where, you know, they have this major project or busy season. And then they get to know you. They get to see your strengths and they get to see how valuable you are. And then when that job opens up, you're there and you get it. And that job never makes it to Indeed. So I would say don't discount some of these other maybe flexible work arrangements that that don't seem permanent because a lot of these do go permanent. And I think it's a great way to get your foot in the door, build your network and show your worth. Jennifer, is this helpful? I'm going to stop. I'm going to breathe. <laughs> Very much so. Uh, two, two things that stand out from what each of you have said. One, um, how would you suggest I... I write a cover letter. Do I discuss? Do I get personal? Because what, you know, it sounds like you guys are talking about differentiate yourself, network more, um, let people know who you are more. Um, I've been afraid to kind of be, you know, not casual, casual in a cover letter, but, you know, basically be so transparent that I haven't done anything really in 20 years. Yeah. And I think what we're saying is skip that and and go right to your network so that, you know, you get an introduction right to the hiring manager. But if you had to write a cover letter, and in some cases you might still have to write a cover letter, here's what I need you to do. I need you to shift your mindset away from I'm this gap. I'm this gap because you're not this Mm -hmm. gap. You need to shift your mindset to this is if I walked into your office tomorrow and got this job, this is what I'm going to bring to you. So forget you haven't done it for 20 years. You know, you know, you've told us you're worth way more than $15 an hour. So you know your value. And I think you need to start defining yourself as not a mom with four kids who only worked 18 months and was out 20 years. But I think you need to start defining yourself as a competent attorney who specializes in XYZ and will take your firm from A to B and reduce risk from X to Z. I mean, you need to start thinking about yourself in that way because it will completely transform how people see you. Ashley? Mm. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the cold email is really the new cover letter and cover letters aren't dead, but they are definitely a staple of the job application process. And what we want you to do is skip that whole process and really just get into conversations with people because like Dawn is probably experiencing too, it's like you're just so easy to talk to on the line, you're warm, um, and you're competent, and that's such an incredible blend of skills. I love what Dawn said about getting a temp job. I think that that's um, mm-hmm. amazing advice. Um, another tip that could, you could use when it comes to networking is wherever you went to law school, if you could get on LinkedIn and see if there's any alumni within your area 
any sort of bond or overlap or association that you both belong to, um, anything you could do in the LinkedIn keywords to use the search engine to find people in your area that have some sort of overlap like that with you, it always increases the likelihood that they'll be willing to network with you. Um, and another thing to think about is, you know, even if somebody doesn't work at the perfect company, if they're in the workforce, they went to your law school, there's just such a higher likelihood that if you email them and say you're a fellow alumni and you're transitioning back and you would just love to talk to them, um, that you're going to get a response. And on top of that, you never really know where your job search might take you. You might learn about yourself because that clarity that everybody wants, even if you have it, it comes from engagement. It won't come from thought. And I think you might get so much more clarity about what this version of you wants from the workforce now in your life just by talking to other people um, who are out there. So I'm excited for you. I feel like you're on the uh, brink of totally changing things up if, you tune, if you're taking this advice. And um, it could be a really exciting journey for you to be connecting with so many people because you sound personable to me. So I'm guessing you might enjoy these sorts of meetings. I'm so excited. I thought of one more thing, Jennifer, I want to tell you before, okay. before we go. So how about getting involved with the licensing board in your state? I mean, whether it's volunteering or, or you know, somehow getting involved with, you know, the, the exam process or something along those lines, because again, you're going to meet a lot of people. And I know it's not maybe not paid work initially, but it's it's people in your area. So I just feel like there's so many ideas, which is why I'm glad you're on the side of the road and hopefully writing a couple of these down because they sound good to you. But um, yeah, I think this is going to, in very short amount of time, open up so many opportunities that will never bubble up to to these mega job boards. And you're going to go, wow, I had no idea all of this was out there. So so good luck to you, Jennifer. Um, good luck, Jen. Uh, definitely calls back and let us know how it goes. We always love hearing. And thank you so much for calling today. I'm so excited because I think I think once you make this tweak, you are going to be so unstuck, like ridiculously unstuck. Hey, 844-942-7866 if you're listening. We are live because it's Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. If you are stuck, let us help you get unstuck in your career. Hey, here's the deal. It's sometimes really difficult when you're sitting there looking outward to see the options, but sometimes when you talk to someone who's objective or tell your story, other people can give you ideas on how you can get past it. So maybe you're looking to get a raise or a promotion, but you keep getting no. Maybe you're thinking of making a functional job switch, but nobody wants to hire you because you don't have the right skills, or maybe you've been out of the workforce and struggling to get back in. We want to help you today on Career Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Ashley Stahl, who is an entrepreneur, podcaster, speaker, career coach, and she has her new book, U-Turn, Y-O-U-Turn, coming out in 2020. So we're very excited to have her here, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. But right now, we have to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz. I just have to say this because we're celebrating four years this month. It took me maybe like three years to know that that's Dion's voice saying it's a quiz. I, I, if you've been listening to this show and you knew that, which I bet you did not, Dion. <laughs> that should have been a, a quiz question. That should have been, but you know the answer. That's right. I, you know, that is Dion saying it's a quiz. But anyway, here is the quiz. What do the following have in common? Rope climbing, tug of war, and pistol dueling. 
What do the following have in common? Rope climbing, tug of war, and pistol dueling. If you think you know, give us a call at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. You're listening to Career Talk, Series XM, Channel 132, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Graham. Hey, welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider on Business Radio. And we are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 132. Hey, do you want an interactive way to access and apply all of my best tips in my book, Switchers? Check out my new LinkedIn Learning course, Switching Your Career, which is available now on LinkedIn Learning and lynda.com. Hey, if you're just tuning in, it's Thursday noon Eastern. We are here all hour long taking your calls live at 844-942-7866 and if you missed the pre-break quiz i'll give it to you one more time because i think dion missed it no i heard it. i just forgot oh well <laughs> what do the following have in common rope climbing tug of war and pistol dueling if you think you know you can give us a call at 844-942-7866 but we'll get back to that in just a minute are you feeling stuck in your career, maybe you're looking for a change, maybe you're, you can't get that raise or the promotion, or maybe you keep getting overlooked for the opportunities with the big clients. We want to hear from you at 844-942-7866 to help you get unstuck. And today we have Ashley Stahl with us today, who's a fellow TEDx speaker and Forbes blogger, and she has multiple companies, Ashley International Inc., Cake Publishing, Job Offer Academy, and is coming out with a new book in 2020 called U-Turn. And Ashley, if people want more information about you after the show, how can they find you? Yeah, anything is on my website at ashleystahl.com. It's A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-T-A-H-L.com. Or else my podcast, which has been such a joy, the U-Turn podcast. It's Y-O-U. And then another word, turn podcast. Fantastic. So we've been talking about how do you know if you should stay or go in your current role. And we've talked about kind of figuring out what those core skills are. I think there's some other kind of practical things. Like we opened the show with talking about the fact that People want more flexible time. So maybe that's the answer. Maybe you hate your commute. Maybe you struggle with with the traffic. Hey, maybe a more flexible work arrangement would make you happy. Or maybe it's one person in your office who's really bugging you and that's what's causing all this turmoil. But I think it's really important to understand what is going on at the root of it because you can move from one place to another and bring all those same problems with you. So, so Ashley, how can people figure out what the root cause of the problem is if they're, they're thinking about leaving, if it's not related to their, their skills or the work they're doing? Meaning root cause, so if you could just clarify a little more for me, Don, I mean root cause of like why they're not leaving and it doesn't have to do with the actual job itself. Yeah, like maybe maybe it's 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 the boss, maybe it's the pay, maybe it's the office culture. I mean, there's a lot of other things it could be, yeah. and sometimes you can fix them, sometimes you can't. Mhm. Yeah, I think I think it's so important, you know, like you're saying Don to focus on what you can control and sometimes a lot of us have thoughts in our mind that we're not aware are in there. And so I found for myself that what's helped me is when I feel a lot going on, I'll grab a piece of paper or even a journal 
and I'll write down all of the issues or concerns I'll have about something, and I'll find that my hand is writing down things that I didn't even know bothered me. And on the first thing that this does is it gets a little bit of stress off of you because sometimes we subconsciously feel stressed because we're holding so many thoughts and we almost worry that we're going to lose them or, or we're not aware of them, stuff like that. So putting them all down on paper is really helpful. And then I think taking a look at them and saying, which one of these can I control? Which one of these um, can I make an impact with? And which one of these are really bothering me that are moving the needle, you know, like that 80-20 rule? Um, and so, yes, a lot of people have managers that there's bullying situation. Um, a lot of people feel like they've exhausted their growth. Some people, it's the culture. Um, one of the best things I love people doing is um, looking at their core values, you know, really asking themselves, what principles do I hold dear to who I am? What are non-negotiables for me? And most people have, you know, at least five, I would say, total core values. So in my case, it's creativity, it's balance, it's inspiration. So if any of those core values aren't being honored in my job, or even worse, if they're being violated, so for example, balance is a core value of mine. If I have a job wanting me to work 80 hours a week, it's violating a core value. And usually that is the root of why so many people aren't happy in their work. So whether they want to do that journaling exercise I was just talking about of writing down all of the things and assessing what they control or getting kind of coming home to themselves and saying, what are my core values? I have a guide floating on my website. I believe it's at uturnpodcast.com slash core values. It's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N podcast.com slash core values. And it's really helpful because it's just all of these different words. And one of the biggest mistakes people make with their core values is they pick a word that's aspirational. So I had a client once who picked the word peaceful, and it was like, this is, you are not a peaceful human. You are a fun person. You are not a peaceful person. And in that case, it was so important that she was able to say, oh, this is something I'm aspiring to. This isn't a core value that's non-negotiable to my being. It's just something that I'm yearning for in my life. So, yeah, I love that, Ashley. I think values are so critical and we we fail to reflect on them as much as we should, especially every few years. And we have to say, is this is this what's the burnout coming from these values that I'm not living out? So I think that's a really good piece of advice. And I would also say if you're really not sure, just go interview somewhere. Go start interviewing. See if the grass is truly greener. I used to tell my direct reports this all the time if they were struggling with, I'm not sure if this is right for me. Go interview. Go look at other companies. Go look at other industries. Go look at different departments in the company because you'll know where your professional energy is going to fit best when you're actually in that situation. Sometimes that clarity needs to come through taking these actions. So if you're stuck and you're thinking, I don't know, maybe this isn't for me, start interviewing some other places and see if the grass is really greener before you make that leap. Hey, 844-942-7866, you're listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM 132. We're here with Ashley Stahl. And hey, let's do a speed round, Ashley. Let's talk about the first step very small step you should take in a variety of situations because I think we talked earlier that the first step is often the hardest. So so I have a list of, of career situations and and um, that people really kind of struggle with and, and I thought maybe you and I can give them advice on what's a good first step to get motivated. So mm. let's just say you move to a new city and you need to meet people. What's a good first step? 
I would say coming up with a list of companies. Um, well, is it for job hunting or just somebody moved there? So you're moving there. Maybe you're, you're a spouse who is following, um, you know. Got it. Yeah. So you're just like, okay, I want to get into the workforce, but I don't know anybody here. So what's, what's that first step? Um, I think that meetup.com is really, really fun. Like going on to meetup.com and seeing what kind of groups are meeting up in your area so that you can just kind of show up to something you're interested in and meet like-minded people. Yep. Yep. So transplant clubs, maybe you have a community interest, maybe there's a a gym, intramural sports. I agree. It doesn't have to be work related. Just go out and meet people. Maybe invite all the neighbors over for a barbecue. Um, Hey, Mm -hmm. what about should I return to school? So maybe somebody's thinking, maybe I should go back to school. What is the first step they should take? I think asking themselves, what is the direct ROI on this degree? So one of the biggest mistakes people make is using a graduate degree as a tool to exit the worst workforce and hide from the world. And they see it as a uh, opportunity to reset their career. You can reset your career without a degree. Um, it's really important that you ask yourself, is this degree really necessary? Is it going to move the needle in my career? And that means having clarity on what you really want out of your career as a first step. Totally agree. And I would also say, see if you're looking to change careers, if they have practical work experience, applied work experience, because if you're looking to make a change, chances are that you're going to still face a tough job search after those two years in a master's degree because they're going to want that applied experience. So make sure if that's what your your reasoning is, you're making sure they have some ways to get you solid experience. Okay, what about, um, let's see. You are in a job and you suddenly find out you got laid off. What's the first thing you should do? Mm, I think first reflect, honestly, and figure out, you know, is there anything that you could have done to be more indispensable? Because even with layoffs, they're ultimately deciding who they have to lay off first. Um, If you made it to the final cut and um, you think there's nothing that you could have done, I would say the first step is to start looking at companies that excite you. Hey, and here's my advice. Don't sign anything. Don't sign anything. Mm. That's the first thing. It's a don't. It's not even a step. It's a non-step. It's a (laughs) non-step. Just do not sign anything. You're not in a good place to sign anything. Take it. Reflect. See an attorney. Go home. You know, play with your cat, whatever your situation is. But don't sign anything. And try to avoid saying what you know you really want to say. Get a piece of paper and write it down. Throw it away. Hey, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk. We are doing fun speed round on what is the first step. The first step is the hardest. And sometimes if we can figure out what that first step is, that momentum keeps going and brings us to the next action and the next action. You don't have to see the whole staircase to take the first step. And I can almost guarantee you that if you do one thing, you take one step, you send one email, you call one person, you research one thing, it's going to lead to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So today's show, we are talking about how to take that first step. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. You're listening to Career Talk Series XM 132. Hey, if you're stuck, we want to hear from you. 844-942-7866 because we want to help you get unstuck. Or maybe you've got a great tip for getting unstuck that you want to share because it's helped you so much. 844-942-7866. And helping us with this today is Ashley Stahl, who has been featured in Time, the Wall Street Journal, Chicago Tribune, the Financial Times. She has a great podcast called U-Turn. And where can they find you once again, Ashley? 
Yeah, over at AshleyStahl.com. It's A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-T-A-H-L. Or on my podcast, the U-Turn podcast. It's Y-O-U and then another word, turn podcast. Okay, so back to back to the speed round. So what if you're writing a resume from scratch? Let's just say that you've never had to do one. and Or maybe you just have a really old one and you're like, ah, I don't even know where to start. And God knows I don't want to spend my weekend writing a resume. So I avoid it, avoid it, avoid it, avoid it. Where's a good place to start? I would say thinking about your best accomplishment in every single job you've done on your resume is the first place. Um, just thinking about like what is the one thing you're the most proud of and ideally it's something quantifiable or measurable because you know you as a recruiter would know this dawn it's like usually recruiters are looking at the first bullet under every single job when they're doing their first skim on the resume and you want that to be your best bullet mm-hmm. yep totally agree and i would say here's here, i'll tell you here how i wrote my resume i was a recruiter for a number of years i've seen tens of thousands of resumes and every time i saw one i liked or had a feature i liked i would put it aside and say i need to add that to my resume so here's the deal Look for motivation in what others have written. I'm not saying take what they've written and say, yes, I have a CPA and a law degree when that's not true. But I'm just saying, what what can you look at out there that really inspires you and helps you kind of get the juices flowing so that you put together your resume? I think that's a great place to start. Okay, let's talk about writing a cover letter. So that came up earlier and Ashley had mentioned that they're not completely dead, but Let's just face it. Nobody likes to sit down and write a cover letter. It's daunting. It's overwhelming. So what people tend to do is either they use some kind of generic cover letter or they don't write one at all, which in my opinion, as a recruiter, if I like your resume, I'm going to look at your cover letter. And if it's boring or not there, points against you. So what do you think, Ashley? Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the most important things about the cover letter is to make sure that you're really sharing what they can't find on your resume. Uh, One of the most boring things you could do on a cover letter is just restate the resume that they just looked at that brought them to the cover letter in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yes, if if your cover letter starts with, I'm writing in response to job ad four or five, you need to get more creative than that. Think of a quote you love. Think of maybe somebody who introduced you to this company. Name drop has to has to include um, something in the opening line that is is catchy and not boring. Totally agree. Hey, eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. You're listening to Career Talk. We're doing speed first step, which is a first for us after four years. So if you're stuck somewhere in the career search or job search, we want to help you. Eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. So okay, let's. We talked about resumes. We've talked about cover letters. What if you made a visible or major mistake at work, what is the first step you should take, Ashley? I think taking responsibility, if it's, especially if it's visible, if, if it's for you and it's not really hurting that many people and you learn from it, um, I think be easy on yourself unless it's something that's really affecting the equation. But I'm all about taking responsibility. Everybody here is human, and we all are made of the same stuff. And it's really, um, I think one of the biggest mistakes people can make is um, – not taking responsibility because it creates a distrust among the people that work with you, especially if people are seeing it. Yes, totally agree. Taking responsibility, we don't do that enough. And pretty much every sitcom starts with making a small mistake that literally turns into a disaster because you didn't take responsibility. Um, Hey, my first thought is take a shot of something 
breathe and calm down, but only if you're over 21 and that won't get you fired to make a bigger mistake. But <laughs> yeah, it happens. And we all tend to internalize and think it's bigger than it is. Okay. What if, um, Ashley, you are interviewing for the first time in a while? What is the first thing you should do to get started after you freak out? I would write down some of the questions that you're the most scared of getting. And I would um, do some research on answers that are out there that you feel really resonate for you. And I would find your own voice with how you would prepare. But, you know, at the end of the day, interviews are very nerve wracking for people. And the best way to counter nerves is to be prepared because that creates confidence and confidence is the closest thing you can get to certainty. So the more work you can do on the front end of preparing for those curveball questions. Another thing that I think is really important with interviews that is probably the most overlooked is the basics. Most people get so afraid of the scary questions that they're not thinking about how they would talk about their resume or how they would talk about themselves. So prepare your elevator pitch, be ready to talk about you, and also be prepared for those basic questions of somebody saying, hey, can you walk me through your resume? Because I've seen so many job seekers who have prepared for all curveball questions, and by the time somebody asks them about their resume, they are caving. Yeah, and do you have any good tips if you tend to be very anxious, what you can do in those five, ten minutes before the interview to, you know, get zen? Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes I find that doing some sort of exercise before your interview is really helpful because it kind of tires out your system in a way where you, it leaves you a bit more grounded. Um, whatever you can do to get grounded, I think everybody is different. You know, in my case, it's the little things. Like I found that when I light candles in my home, I get a little more centered. So it's really about knowing yourself. Um, but I found across the board, anybody who does some sort of exercise, and if you're not an exerciser, even taking a walk, something that can kind of just tire you out, not so much that you're exhausted, but enough where you're a little more in your body, you're a little more centered, I think is the best way. And I love meditation. It's not for everybody. Um, I think it's helpful to everybody. Um, but if you've ever thought about getting into it, I think interviews are a great way and a place to start. Yeah, and I totally agree. Um, if you find yourself unable to calm down in an interview, you know, remember that excitement and anxiety trigger some of the same systems in the body. So reframe that you're here because you're excited. And you can actually say that out loud. I think it's completely fine to say to your interviewer, I'm really excited about this this position. So, you know, I'm feeling a little bit anxious right now. And then once you say it, boom, elephant in the room, totally walks out the door. Hey, 844-942-7866. We're going to go to Julia in Maryland. What's on your mind today, Julia? Hi, how are you? Great. How are you? I'm great. Question on your views for um, a professional certification. You're breaking up a little, but from what I heard, you're looking for our opinion on professional certifications versus some kind of continuing education. Um, Ashley, what are your thoughts on that? Which to pursue? Um, it feels really kind of aligned for me with the thought behind getting a graduate degree. Um, asking yourself, do I really need this professional certification? Because ultimately, the people who get where they want to get in their career don't do it on paper. They do it through conversation. So... I would say, is the certification necessary? Is there evidence that people are getting paid more or hired more because of it? Um, and if you can't really gather that clear evidence, then I would say spend that time having conversations with people that resonate for you versus 
getting that certification. Yeah, I love that advice, Ashley, because I think one of the things we've gotten to is we, we look at the surface, we look at the headlines, and we don't dig beneath it. And a lot of times we don't realize that the the company who's publishing the, this certification will get you 20% more money is the company that actually you would pay to get the certification. And so yeah. I think you do need to dig around and say, you know, is there an independent organization or or um, data that shows me. Yeah, a person. Um, but I also think that we go to, whether it's graduate school or certifications or continuing ed, as a way to say, okay, I, I don't, I don't, the other steps are too ambiguous. It's ambiguous to talk to people. I don't know what questions to ask. So I'm just going to go on this path because this path will, will set me up. And you know what? Hey, sometimes it does open the doors and give you some new ideas, but if if it's very expensive or time-consuming, it's very much worth your while to talk to people before you go down that path. And you mentioned earlier, Ashley, the ROI, because sometimes the ROI as advertised is not as great as it seems. But at the same time, maybe continuing education can help introduce you to new people in the area, or maybe it can introduce you to new topics you haven't explored before. So, I mean, I'm I'm a huge fan of education and learning as much as you can and meeting as many people as you can. But if it's it's yeah. between something super expensive and time consuming versus, you know, looking at other paths, I would I would weigh that carefully. So hopefully yeah. that's helpful to you, Julia. Thank you so much for giving us a call on the show. And we should probably answer Dion, our pre-break quiz. What do the following have in common? Rope climbing, tug of war, and pistol dueling. I'm going to say... Yeah. <laughs> I always love to hear what you're going to say, Dion. Um, it's it's conflict resolution in, like, the 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 Middle Ages or something. <laughs> Michelle's laughing at you. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I've got a I've got a second answer, but I think that's I think that's the right one. I don't know. What's your second answer? Because I'm kind of interested. They're going to be like Olympic sports or something. Actually, that's right. <laughs> wow. Wait, Michelle, was that your answer? Nope. Because <laughs> Michelle thought she had it at the break. What was your answer, Michelle? I was going to say it's like training they do on military bases. That's good, right? That's yeah. probably true. <laughs> that, that I know pistol dueling threw me off a little bit. Yeah, I know. That was meant that, to. That's probably not a good thing to do. Yeah, no, they used to be official Olympic events along with ski ballet, live pigeon shooting, and I don't understand this one. I know that is very anti animal. Yeah, it's no, 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 no. And this one, solo synchronized swimming. I don't really know what that is, but it. It seems really contradictory. Synchronizing with the music, I guess. I don't know. That's just swimming. Yeah, yes, I the music. <laughs> yes, probably why it's no longer an Olympic sport because Sw- I realize swim dancing. it's it's hard to assess if they're very synchronized. But um, yeah, and don't worry. Instead of real bullets, Olympians used bullets made of wax when they did pistol dueling, and they shot at dummies, not at each other. So then it's not dueling. Well, see, that made me feel better slightly until I'm like, well, what about the pigeons? <laughs> they're not getting rubber bullets I know I was like yeah thanks for calming me down there but what about, <laughs> what the, about birds? the pigeons what about the birds hey yeah great job Dan got the answer right woohoo That's right good job although it took you two tries I'm just <laughs> and the funny that one that one came to me like five minutes ago okay always go with your second response that's from now on hey if, if, if I have a second one <laughs> yeah. You're listening to Career Talk Series XM Channel 132. Hey, we've been talking all hour about how to get 
unstuck in your career. And we've had Ashley Stahl here giving us fantastic tips and talking about how you can take a first step to where you want to be in your career. So Ashley, um, we've talked about so many things in our speed round about your job getting eliminated. We've talked about networking, resumes, cover letters. Um, so as we're as we're wrapping up, let's talk. One of the other topics I didn't get to was social media and building your brand. How important mm-hmm. is this for for job seekers today? Honestly, I think there's a lot of different ways to build a personal brand. And what's so important is for everybody to, instead of looking out on everybody who has a big Instagram profile or a lot of blog posts and ask themselves, how do I, a personal brand is important because as we've seen in history, if you don't build your reputation, somebody's going to build it for you. Um, And extreme circumstances like this could have been like the Monica Lewinsky scandal. Like Monica didn't have a reputation. And so Bill Clinton was able to leave that situation um, still with somewhat of a reputation intact, whereas Monica was completely attacked. And I think that's a really um, rough, but also good example of what happens when you don't have that personal brand to hold you in your career. Um, And obviously I think she's bounced back and she's a speaker now and all these beautiful things. But I think it's really important to evaluate how and what channel do you want to go into to create your personal brand based on your skill set. So do you love writing? Um, Okay, then maybe blog post is the way for you to go. Do you love aesthetics? All right, then maybe Instagram. So first checking in with yourself of where would you be most inspired versus what is everybody else doing? And then I would say, yeah, go ham on it. I mean, there's so many opportunities for you to position yourself as an expert um, and as a voice in the world. Um, whether that is through writing blog posts and having an opinion on your um, industry that you're in or in the niche that you're in, or um, if you're making a pivot, maybe you're going from tech into communications, then can you write articles that are on that intersection of technology and communications that you can use blogging as a tool to make that pivot and position you? Um, So I think the sky's really the limit, but what's most important is doing something that you resonate with versus what everybody else is up to. Yep, if you don't build your brand, other people are paying attention and here's the deal you're maybe not doing it consciously but other people are building it for you and so why not do it consciously Ashley it's been so great having you on the show today thank you for all of your wonderful advice and tell us one last time of course where can people reach you um, I think the best place to kind of connect is the U-Turn podcast. Um, every single week I have an episode on mindset, work, and love. Um, so you just go into your iPhone. If you've got an iPhone on the um, podcast app and just type in U-Turn, it's Y-O-U and the separate word turn. Or else my website, ashleystill.com. I've got a ton of free resources there, especially the core values guide. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Ashley, Michelle, and Dion. You make this show very fun every week. And of course, our listeners and callers, we are here live for you every Thursday on Career Talk. And hey, if you're looking to do something fun for Labor Day weekend, why not check out my TEDx talk? One conversation can open a world of opportunities. So if you're stuck, maybe this is the way to get started. Hey, thank you for joining us today. You've been listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 132. Want more information? Follow me on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham. We'll see you next time. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.